Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Arya Talking To Me, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am the host, I'm the only host, my name is Ben Vernell, I'm a comedian and joining me for a very special episode this week is a guest who's joining me to discuss Game of Thrones from all the way on the other side of the world. Welcome to the show, uh, it says here, um, Angus McNox. I, I, that is... Me, I can't. I'm not even trying to. I'm just talking slower. I keep thinking I'm yeah. trying to do the accent, but I I don't mm-hmm. want to even shoot at it. The only thing I figured I'm in Edinburgh in Scotland. The only thing I figured mm. out how to uh, do with the Scottish accent is if you replace an an I, the letter I, how I would pronounce it, in a letter it either becomes yes. an E or a U. Thus or this. Oh right, okay. That's a good. That's a good one. That's that's a good trick. I don't mind Scottish it. Scottish as well. I can say mm-hmm. the word mm-hmm. Scottish. C O R T U S H. Scottish. Oh yeah. Scottish. Okay. This is good. I expect a full full dialect um, performance when you when you've come back because you're going to be there for a while. I am over here for uh, the next month and a half, roughly. Hmm. Mm. Um, and it's cool because, like, I mean, in a Game of Thrones context, there's obviously a lot more stuff that's cool about the country of Scotland than the fact mm. that it looks a bit like Game of Thrones. But it looks a bit <laughs> like Game of Thrones. Well, that's pretty cool. There's a lot, of, a lot of castles everywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, mm. Like the oldest buildings we have in Melbourne, where we're from, are from like 1890, maybe. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, and man. This place is like the 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 city is too hilly for my liking, and it's all steps and shit <laughs> because it's built on top of the city that was here when the plague existed, and they just built yeah, over the plague part. Jesus, that is uh, that is some history. Fucking lazy too. <laughs> <laughs> just move to the side, even just yeah, no. No. Uh, it's a nice place, though, so I can see where they stayed. Anyway, Edinburgh's great, and uh, it's mm-hmm. incredibly difficult to uh, sign up for things that have... They have streaming services here called uh, Now TV. It's Sky. And uh, uh, yeah. you can stream Game of Thrones on there, and I tried to do it, but boy, was it hard. <laughs> oh, no. But, well, then uh, how managed- did you watch? I managed. Don't worry. I managed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. You just took your Blu-rays with you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had them shipped over at extreme cost, but hey, it's <laughs> worth it. It's worth it for this podcast that we get no money to do. <laughs> um, this is, uh, look, let's be honest about it. The Bear and the Maiden Fair, episode seven of season three of Game of Thrones. And yes, those are all honest, true facts. But what I really want to be honest about is, uh, was not overly impressed with this episode. I will say that I thought it was flat out a bad episode. 
Yeah. I uh, I watched it today. I watched it mere hours ago, and most of it has already fled from my memory. Um, but it, I just even at the time, I found it really hard to pay attention, um, and like just not a lot of interesting things happened. Really, the things that do happen as well, I think, happen so just flatly. It and it, mm-hmm. it's sort of all the same stuff that's been going on for a while. Rob's still married to Talisa. Tyrion's mm-hmm, still got to mm-hmm. marry Sansa. Jamie still doesn't have a hand. Theon still yep. in a shit situation. Yep. Like it's it's just nothing happens. Sure, Arya is still annoyed at the Brotherhood without banners. Yeah, it's yeah. just a real wheel spinner of an episode. Yeah, um, which is a shame because this season so far I've loved. Like I've really, really enjoyed it. Same, yeah. I I don't know because it's not like there's no budget for this one too. Oh, maybe there isn't because. The ending, not to get ahead of ourselves, is the worst thing. It's just the worst <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's it's shit. Um, let's start at the beginning, shall we? And we'll finally end up at that just uh, interesting ending. I yeah, a little bit of whatever the opposite of sizzle is. <laughs> um, um, just m- mold. <laughs> There's mold growing. I guess by just the end, not, not being cooked is all is is the opposite of sizzle. Or it's cooling. It's free. It's freezing. I guess it honestly doesn't matter. We're spinning our wheels as much as this episode was. <laughs> God, I was just trying to get something out of the <laughs> the content of this episode. No, <laughs> uh, let's dive into. I believe the first scene. Is with uh, Rob and Talisa, or Rob, Rob and um, his sort of military command. There's a bit of um, the the wildlings walking up a field first. They're they're in the 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 north of Westeros now, south. Of oh the yeah, and they just kind of walk along, and Mackenzie Crook's still like, uh, bleh, I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I, yes, I, I that's cut right. you guys off the wall, but she's not complaining about it because she's had years of men abusing her and she's used to it. But you, you're being <laughs> weird about it. Yeah, yeah, you're being stuck up. Are you really going to help us kill all of your friends? Yeah. So I, I don't think anything really happens there. And then, yeah, it does go over to Rob uh, and his sort of group there having a bit of a um, war meeting. A little bit of a war meeting, yeah. Um, well, they're talking about going to see Walter Frey, right? Who, I mean, we know is a, a dick, an awful person, but they've made this deal, or they've offered this deal, where Ed Muir is going to go and uh, marry one of the weird uh, daughters. And so they're just kind of going over that. And um, I think Catelyn is mostly like, um, hey, like you know that he's not going to be cool with this. This isn't going to yeah. be just uh, all fine and dandy. Because there's some bad weather and they're like, ah, oh, he'll take this as a slight, us being late. And she's like, mm. he'll take marrying the person he didn't give a fuck about a slight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the black fl- the blackfish, I think it is, is just like, well, the phrase a wet shit and that's all he amounts to and I'm not concerned, basically. Yeah. And then Talisa At least is his, like, yeah. hey, I know the, the term wet shit as well, and I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a snob. I'm not some highfalutin, highborn lady. I can say the term wet shit as well. 
I'm a goddamn punk here, and boy, is it gonna turn Rob on enough to give us the <laughs> just the clunkiest transition <laughs> to a sex scene here. <laughs> yeah, jeez, it's such um, a like Rob going. Well, time for some bed, and then smash cut to bed. <laughs> yep, oh, I'd like oh, to no, hump does- upon my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even smash cut, does it? it? It like does the shitty pan up from the bed frame thing. I don't know. I was just oh, in a bad mood yeah, with this you might be right. right from the start. Mm, mm. But uh, yeah, this is a bit of just a bit of like again underlining they're both honestly kind of boring enough to be in love with each other. <laughs> like they're oh, just both pretty, pretty and boring. One hundred percent. That is exactly who they are. <laughs> they they are sitting out on the balcony drinking tea and reading a magazine, not talking for four hours, and like <laughs> not learning anything from the magazine they read. Just sit- oh, totally. Oh, they're, it's they're a type. I don't know if I've summed up that type well enough. There. Well, I think what you've summed up is what type they'll be in about you know thirty years, where yeah. they're not as attractive as they used to be, and that was the only reason they were together. They get incredibly uh, involved in their child's basketball team to the detriment of every other parent's enjoyment of the of the activity. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They 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 made the most money for the bake sale, and why don't you lift your game, Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon that's God. who they end up as. <laughs> Completely, they're so boring, and he just—it's a dialogue here is so bad. He's like. Oh, if you keep looking like that, I'm gonna have to fuck you again. And just like, <laughs> it is bad. It it is sub rom like romantic, even like the kind of a erotic thriller rom com mixture movies. Like, 100%. it's just even worse than that dialogue. And it's, I mean, like I'm sure listeners, because we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, so we're coming back into this. But um, I'm sure listeners will remember that we spoke pretty highly of Rob as a character. Generally, yeah. I, I think that we've liked him. We've found him interesting. We've liked his sort of uh, his boldness, and uh, Talisa was always at least intriguing. I think we we've, we've both said there was always something about her character that was sort of mysterious in some ways. But yeah, like man, if this season was sorry, this scene wasn't so poorly written to to take all of that away, it uh, it's a real shame. Yeah, because the first few scenes they had, they had a lot of back and forth, and it was like interesting dialogue and. You know, they had mm. they had something. They both had personalities and a chemistry. And now it's just like, well, we fuck good. Hey, Rob, me pregnant. Me mum live Volantis. You come Volantis. Me come. Oh, yeah, the that's right. That's right. All of the the language stuff and writing the letter, which actually, mm. like, yeah, the point of this scene, the, 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 the action, if there is any action in terms of plot, is that Talisa reveals that she's pregnant. Yeah. Of course which she is. Which I guess is something. There's no there's no condoms. No. No. So, you know, what she the, the day I think they used to put like this might be one of those uh urban legends or something, but I think they used to use like pig's bladders because it was a similar texture to what a condom is now. So I maybe think, they used I that. think I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you anyway. know, just like bust bust a nut on the fucking <laughs> pillow. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I imagine you looking guess, around like, your room then to look for an object. <laughs> Everything's covered in cum. <laughs> uh, I guess they want a kid though. Like, like they, you know, they're married. They're, he thinks oh. he's the king and she's the queen. Yeah, 
I mean, ha- yeah. you're in the middle of a war isn't a great, t- but whatever. These yeah, boring yeah, yeah. Kid. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, um, so, yeah. what's next? We uh, is it is it that we? Oh no, they, okay. So the the little wrap up thing that we're looking at to remind us of the episode has this out of order, but uh, the thing with um, Egret. Uh, kind of mocking. Oh no, yeah, Egret e- here is uh like giving shit to Jon Snow for being a fancy lad. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's for the right. ways of uh, like she goes roads, fucking roads are the dumbest idea. Yeah, it's that's like, idiot. right. Even if you don't have roads, they're obviously useful. Sure, but yeah, she makes the point of like, well, she says at least like we don't start like banging drums so our enemies know we're coming. But obviously, John retorts with the fact that they're going to light this giant fire <laughs> north yeah. of the wall or somewhere to essentially warn everyone that they're coming. Totally, and like, I, I again, I just did not like this episode. All the stuff that was happening between them here, her going like, "What does swoon mean? What does faint mean?" And then immediately <laughs> after hearing the briefest explanation, swooning and fainting into his arms. Hmm. Hmm. It was so weird. I, like, I, I guess she's seen fainting before, but then why didn't there? Why wasn't there some word for it? And also, she has a fucking catchphrase. She says, "You know nothing, Jon Snow." Twice in this fucking episode. That's a really good point. The first time she said that was a couple of episodes ago. It was when like they they got together for the first time, basically, and it was it kind of meant something in that scene. You know, like she. She was accepting him as a vulnerable dude, and it was like a nice moment. But you're right; like she, she totally just throws out a catchphrase here now. She might have even said it once before then, and it's just it's it's definitely become like if I give the show the benefit of the doubt and say it's not poor writing or like unrealistic mm. writing at best. If if she is actually doing this in the context of the show, then she is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, but I guess also maybe that that actually might help it a little bit for me because she is annoying. She is purposefully like playful and 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 teases John a lot. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it happens. You know, it happens in real life. You pick up on a phrase and you use it over and over again. But um, it, it it you're right in the context of this show and in this episode, it was like great. Okay, catchphrase time because nothing else yeah. around it was very strong. Exactly. The only uh, the the so like uh, what's his name? Big big redhead, Tormund. Tormund. He uh, starts giving Jon Snow some sex advice, and I liked that bit. <laughs> that bit was funny. I yeah, liked when he, Tormund. When he was when he was humping the air. Yeah, he's, <laughs> most men fuck like dogs. You have to yeah. wait until she slickers a baby seal. <laughs> yeah, I, I like only Tormund do it a lot. In animal animal metaphors is how I do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, Tormund's good. He's good shit. I, uh, I I don't think I've seen the actor before, um, but I, I really like him. He he just nails it. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Then um, what's his name? Fucking Gareth from The Office. Um, I, I think that is here. Gareth uh, kind of tells it's, Ingrid. It, happen- she- it happens at some point, yeah. Yeah, there's like a, they have a weird back and forth where Gareth's like, hey, that guy's not even a wildling. I'm a big fucked weird wildling who becomes a hippo sometimes. You should fucking be interested in me. And she's like, yuck, no. I love Jon Snow. How? 
Yeah, yeah, you, you to- you're 100% right. Gareth does a nice guy thing. He's like, I, I'm always, you know, I'm, we've, we've fought together and, you know, like he, he, he lays that shit out and he's yeah. just like, you only like Jon Snow because he's pretty. And, and yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's exactly what his character looks like he should be like, to be fair. Totally. Yeah, I don't have a problem with how his character is. Um, but then Egret is like, yeah, I love Jon Snow, which seems quick to me, but whatever, maybe wildlings do mm. that. Maybe they do. I mean, she doesn't seem to have come across many uh, good dudes before, so... Hey, dance like no one's watching, hunt like you've never missed an arrow, and love like you've never been hurt. That's beautiful. Did you make that up? Yep. And she, uh, if she's a catchphrase user, will be the sort of person to get that embroidered in a pillow and hang it above her bed. (laughs) She'll be posting that on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, you don't hang a pillow above your bed. I got a, a, a picture and a pillow confused in my head there. Look, if you're going to embroider that kind of shit on something, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pillow and if you hang it above your bed. Let's let's just agree that that... True, there could, could be a hundred pillows in some people's rooms. Oh, oh Lord. Um, um, oh, yeah, and then they're like, if we attack the wall, we're going to die. John's like, everyone who's tried to attack the wall in the last thousand years, they've died. And she's like, well, mm. if we die, at least first we'll live. <laughs> Again, Fucking another pillow. Hell. Another pillow, another awful pillow. Um, I wonder, I don't know who wrote this episode. I feel like it was directed by one of the actual good directors. I'm going to look it up just quickly. Um, and I don't mean to like specifically call out whoever wrote it, but it does feel... Uh, worsely written than before. I think so, absolutely, and I will call out whoever did. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, I don't know. It's like it, it's just clunky this week. It's just yep. noticeably clunkier, and the show always is like unrealistic dialogue. It's slick and and like too clean back and forths and stuff like that. Like that's often the tone of the show, but this mm. is just uh, really written. It just feels written. So here's a here's a bombshell. This episode, uh, the the teleplay was written by George R R Martin. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, we've both spoken about trying to read the books and being turned off by essentially how they're written. Yeah. Um, story story and plot aside, the moment to moment writing in the books, I really dislike. And uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that is, absolutely explains this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because well, the director also, is Michelle McLaren, who's who's quite a good director. Has directed some really solid episodes of this show, um, like both up to up to this point and in in the future season we haven't talked about yet. So I don't I don't put it on the director. It uh, yeah, I reckon this one's fairly and squarely on George. Yeah, I mean, like even to you know give him the benefit of the doubt, it's he's not a TV writer. I don't think has heaps of experience in that, and it's a different thing from mm. writing a book. Mm. Mm. That's but, true. Uh, I think I feel like he may have written some stuff for even, yeah, not this TV show. Like, I think he's had a crack at some screenwriting before, but, uh, yeah, this this uh, this no good. <laughs> yeah, sorry, George, but uh, boo. <laughs> yeah, it's a big boo. Well, uh, King's Landing shows up afterwards anyway. Sansa's around, still moping yep. about there, yep. about her situation. One of, one of my, my favourite locations of the show. Hey, I'm really into King's Landing because it kind of looks a bit like Edinburgh, except kind of brown instead of grey. Oh, yeah. Nice. 
uh, in that I'm going to sack this city and burn it to the ground. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sansa's like complaining about having to marry Tyrion for obvious reasons, but Marjorie's there with her and being really helpful mm. and nice. Mm. Mm. She's, yeah, like she's doing, a, I think, well, she's giving her a rational sort of um, sounding board. She's just like, look, some good things will come of this. Like, this is as political a marriage as there could be, so don't take it personally, sort of. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not... Like, I don't think she really... I know that she wants Sansa to be sort of in the fold because she's, like, the key to the North and all of that. But mm, I don't mm. really get the impression that Marjorie has any kind of hidden ill intention for her. She's genuinely just being quite sweet to her because she appreciates that this is a child in a shit situation. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good read. I, I um, Like, we know that Marjorie can be duplicitous... Uh, and she has been, especially with Joffrey, who deserves it. He's a, the worst person in uh, in possibly the history of television. But um, she's also very straight up with like Littlefinger in a, in a negative, you know, in terms of treating him with the negativity he deserves. And she seems to be being very straight up with Sansa in in the positivity she's treating her with. Yeah, I agree. So. I don't know. I, I, I like the two of these looking out for each other here, or Marjorie mm. looking out for Sansa, really. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, Sansa, she's just not She's not pumped about marrying Tyrion. No, and like, you know, she's being Sansa about it and going like, oh, he's a gross little dwarf. And she's like, hey, <laughs> fuck up, Sansa. Grow up. Yeah, he he, he is the, the nicest one of all of them. So like, it it could only be worse, basically. And I like her delicate way of putting, hey, he's going to fuck you great, was <laughs> yeah, pretty well done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot that. That's, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, Tyrion um, is also complaining about it, though, because he's like, she's a baby, a tall baby, mm. and I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in this. And Tyrion's mm. talking about it to Bronn. Bronn, kind of the opposite of Marjorie, was just like, eh, fuck it, I don't... You, like, your worst problem is you got to fuck someone. Boo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he basically puts it to Tyrion, like, what you're actually saying here is you kind of want to fuck her, but you don't want to admit it. And which, like, when you think about it, because, like, I don't know, Sansa as a character, it's like, I just think she's like, I don't know, like a, a 20-year-old girl. Like, she's not... Doesn't appear to be a child. Um, but she is like she's young, like she's what sixteen or something like that. She, I something think she's like actually, 14. yeah, yeah, right. And and so when you remember that, and I remember like the look on Tyrion's face is almost an admission of guilt, which is right. kind of gross. He kind of looked a little bit like, uh, uh, I mean, I can't admit to that, but fucking yeah, maybe. Like I, I, I thought it was a little bit gross. Yeah, right. Well, I like Brongo's. Who like who's the youngest person you've ever, you've fucked a lot of people? Who was the youngest? And he's like, they were older than her. And he's like, by how much? And he doesn't answer. Yeah, yeah. Tyrion is a little, a uh, little bit of a rat bag. He is. He's a he's a pussy hound. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I, I generally really like Tyrion as a character, and I. I'm probably overthinking that moment, but I don't know. It's still it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Well, and then he's trying to explain himself to Shay as well and say, Oof, hey, look, yeah. Shay, even though this is happening, 
I can still put you in a nice house and pay for all your things. And she's like, oh, great. Yeah, that makes me feel like the whore you keep reminding me that I used to be. Shay the funny whore, she keeps saying. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, he gives her like a gold necklace and <laughs> stupidly makes the comparison or like the, uh, the analogy of like, hey, this is enough to buy you like a giant ship. And she's like, oh, so I can sail away? Oh, wow. Okay, that's... Very thoughtless. <laughs> the the golden chains thing as well, a little bit of clumsy writing as well. Like, don't have your metaphor liter- like present in the person's hand in that way. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, like, I, I, I got to say, like, it, as far as Shay's character has gone, I disliked her less in this scene than previously. Maybe because, yeah, you're right. Like, Tyrion is actually very ham-handedly handling the situation. Yeah, I'm still not really sure what her character is, uh, her as an actual person, you know, because mm. she's mm. her whole identity is, well, I'm here with Tyrion now, and then that's leaving. So I guess that's why she's upset is because that's her identity, but she doesn't really have any uh, defining characteristics of herself other than angry at Tyrion for mm. not fucking everything up and saying that he wants to be with her instead. Yeah, like publicly. A, <laughs> yeah, the fact that she doesn't have a, a like a tiny bit of look. I get why this is happening. She's like, no, your dad doesn't rule the world. Blah blah blah, and it's like he kind of basically literally does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, uh, from from the very beginning of this sort of section of this plot, where where Tywin has come in and gone, you cannot like get rid of that woman. You're not allowed to have any whores around. It's been very clear, like, Shay, it's actually dangerous. Tyrion is not being a a jerk. Just maybe it's better if you go to another city and and, and chill out for a while. That is the most reasonable thing. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. She has no sense of self-preservation here. She might be a bit of an idiot, really. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I won't co-sign that because I am an ally. Ah, well, I'm... uh... Uh, I can't think of a word that rhymes with ally. Uh, a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that kind that that'll do. I'm an sure, evil little enough. mustache twirler. Oh. <laughs> Speaking Ooh. of mustache twirling, Tywin um, is uh, mm, mm. walking up to the throne room in the next scene, and this was the one scene oh, that yes. I kind of, I, I like this the most out of the episode. I think. Yes. Yeah. I. Um. I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah. This is good stuff. Uh, he's yeah. Joffrey's sitting in that massive uh, Iron Throne, looking like he doesn't belong there. And Tywin walks up, being Joffrey's basically like, "Hey, are you trying to cut me out here?" And uh, Tywin is like, "Yeah, bitch." <laughs> like that's pretty much all that happens. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like you don't have access to all the information. Until now, because now is when I'm choosing to give it to you, because I'm in charge, really. Yeah. I liked his, uh, you know, Joffrey being like, I- I'll have to walk up all those stairs if I want to come to the meetings there. And then Tywin walks up the stairs and says, we could fucking carry you, dipshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. The, like, again, Charles Dance is a fantastic actor for this character. And he just, like... I mean, it it can be sort of hyperbole when people say like an actor will exude a sort of feeling or or you know a a presence, but he just really does. Like you just feel it radiating off him that he is in charge. Totally, 
and like the way he responds to Joffrey going, by the way, does this other old Targaryen who's used to be here have dragons over there? And he's like, where did you hear that? The fact that he's like undercutting this kid who's king. Mm. It is a kid, but he's undercutting the king by going like, you shouldn't know about that information. And still being very Mm. clear about, we'll inform you of what you need to know when it's completely necessary. Yep, yep, absolutely. But yeah, they, they do talk about the dragons a bit. They talk about how... There used to be, you know, like all the dragon skulls in the throne room and they started out at fucking the size of a carriage and they ended up the size of a cat or whatever. Um, and that is basically Tywin saying, don't worry about the Targaryens. But um, obviously we know that the dragons, I mean, they're, they're still small, but they are real and they do exist again. Mm. Well, and then we, 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 show, we go over and see them and uh, Ooh, yeah. Daenerys over outside Yunkai a new city with 200,000 slaves, which Daenerys says is 200,000 reasons to take the city. I can't mm. tell if she, what her deal is here. Uh, in what way? In what regard? I don't really know if she actually wants to free those slaves for sort of reasons of, um, of like compassion, benevolent and compassionate. Mm. I it I kind of don't get why she's doing this move, and I guess like Jor and the others tell her like, "Hey, fucking, this city is huge. It's got big walls. Mm-hmm. They'll win a siege mm-hmm. if we do that. Let's just leave. We can go over to Westeros now. This place isn't going to help." And she's like, "Nah, I'm going to fuck around here for longer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because what I assume is that she wants the slaves. To add to her slave army, but but her, you know, external facing, you know, um, reasoning for it is is to free them, to be altruistic and, and benevolent. Well, but like, Jorah, surely the, the the end game is to just get a giant army. Jorah says though that in this city they don't really have an army. The way that they win, that they stay all right, is by having massive walls and lots of provisions. Hmm. Mm. I just kind of don't yeah. get what her game is here because I suppose I don't buy her saying that she wants to free the slaves because I don't like her sort of... Uh, you can be warlike and still have compassion, I suppose, but she seems to have gotten quite warlike. So maybe she is just genuinely compassionate. I mean, she's basically been a slave herself before. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we're starting to get... Uh, and I won't like ruin anything from the future uh, of this story, but we're, I guess I'll just say we're progressing along her character's arc where, yeah, she's moved from being powerless to sort of finding that inner strength and like literally that fire to, um, yeah, attaining a, an army that sort of worships her. And I guess this is like, the next step which yeah i guess yeah. is 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 essentially unclear is she doing it because she just wants to free slaves is she doing it because she knows she needs an army does she already have enough of an army to go and fight the lannisters and and the starks it's yeah it's a, it is a, just a little unclear maybe and i sort of unclear in a way that doesn't maybe go oh mysterious i want to see what happens more unclear and like all right well <laughs> I, I, I don't know but we will see what happens Yes, um, well, because, like, a, an emissary comes in, this dude, and he's very rude and sort of like, just come on, fuck off. He brings the, some gold and he's like, here's, you know, a peace offering, here's some gold, and 
she basically is like, fuck off, I've got dragons and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Uh, which is a little arrogant. This city yeah. you've been told I mean, you'll he- lose a fight to. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, maybe she's already got that messiah complex of, you know, like she freed 8,000 slaves or however many there were and they're marching across the lands and uh, she probably just thinks, you know, she's in the right, she can do what she wants. Sure, yeah. I guess so. She's taken to being in command of people very quickly. Yes, and not necessarily very goodly. (laughs) She's just taken to it. I wouldn't say it was goodly done at all. Mm. Um... So, yeah, um, they, they, but anyway, yeah, she she sends him on his way. She she keeps the gold, and that's the end of that. Yep. Then uh, we get this dumb Theon scene. Um, Ugh. I yeah. I, I I mention it every time we talk about it, but I just find these scenes so cringeworthy. Like I, I I I, I even before any bad shit starts happening, I'm just like, oh fucking hell, come on. This is this one, uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. This one, I wasn't. I, I haven't really been bothered by the other ones because they sort of got across this janitor boy's character, and and I, I thought were well, like, particularly the one where he like tears his pinky off at the end. I thought was look. Like, that's just uh, yeah. I, I thought it was ex- very um, sort of narratively justified. Like it was a great scene, but like so well ex- executed that it made me feel awful to watch. <laughs> sure. This one just feels as though it's there to remind you, like, remember this is going on? And mm, yeah, the, mm. this janitor guy has found two women who are equally as happy to torture this guy. Which, I guess, like, yeah. Uh, okay, I guess you move in different circles to me, but I thought it would have been harder <laughs> to uh, do that than it seems to have been. Sure, and to then, find two um, absolute psychopaths. Yeah. So and he basically makes them pretend to want to fuck him, and then he cuts it, or it seems as though he's going to cut Theon's dick off. Yeah, which like that was pretty rough. Like that, he's you know he's begging, and the other two dudes come in, and he just can't get away. And it's like, well, he fucked. Yeah, he had a weird sort of uh, like fish gutting knife or something. It looked like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, weird little hook, little hooky fella. But, uh, yeah, that is just still the same as the other scenes, but with a different... It's like a sketch show, almost, where they're just doing different variations on the same exact scene again and again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, But then uh, Jamie and Brienne are having sort of an awkward see you later. She's having a stay with uh, the Boltons there, and Jamie's off and and promises that he'll set uh, the Starks free, which only Santa is there now, but... He, uh, yeah, because that's he sort of to that. totally that Brienne sort of is like, I think she basically is just like, hey, that my whole goal was, you know, to get you back there and to to get the girls back for Lady Stark, who she's sworn to. Please do what you can, because that'd be yeah. really that'd mean a lot. <laughs> and and they seem to sort of have gotten each other by now. Ab- absolutely that yeah completely by the end of that scene you as a viewer uh get the impression that they are on at the very least good terms yeah definitely uh so they ride away and uh jamie's out looking at his uh cut off arm on on the mm. moors where they're fixing it like you've just left a, a place that probably has better medical facilities but now nah, wait until you're at the top of a fucking hill <laughs> to patch this up Yes, with Kyburn, the weird guy who they found at Harrenhal. 
Yeah, who he's like, no, no, sadly, I was not a pedophile. I <laughs> had much stranger tastes. <laughs> he's, yeah, fuck me. Tells Jamie about how he got kicked out of the, um, whatever you call it, the, the medicine church for... Uh, the, ma- the maestery? I don't know, yeah. The Citadel, yeah. was it? The Citadel, yeah. yeah. I guess they're in this... Or they have some word for it, I think, as well. But yes, the, he stopped being... They took his maester chains away because he was mm. experimented on, experimenting on dying people for whatever weird yep. things he was doing. But, um, yes. yeah, Jamie makes a decision that they're all turning back around because basically he finds out that uh, they're furious with Brienne because she can't give them a bunch of sapphires that he'd lied about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Her dad um, was like, I'll give you 300 gold coins. And, yeah, they uh, Jamie's lie basically has, uh, has fucked her. <laughs> yeah. So he feels guilty and he says, we've got to turn around. The guy's like, nah. And he's like, look, if you don't, I'll tell my daddy you're mean to me. And he's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Oh, not his daddy. <laughs> his daddy's real. He exudes presence. Yes. Yeah, like I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> so uh, they spin back around and head back to, uh, I think it was Harren Hall, where the Boltons were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And they uh, start the worst scene that this show has ever had. <laughs> Isn't it just? I was. It reminded me of the ice climbing scene from, uh, I guess, the previous episode, which mm. was just sort of uh, uh, a bit flat, a bit unexciting. But boy, everything about this is just bad. Oh, it's embarrassing. This fucking bear yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. It looks really uh, just fake. like. The awful sort of, um, I guess, maybe the pan cuts where it sort of s- the camera sort of swipes across from a character to the bear and you can sort of see halfway through there's an actual, you know, edit where they're not in the same location really and all that stuff is done quite poorly, I feel. And they do that sort of 70s Star Wars movie thing where they have footage of the person reacting to the bear as though like, oh, no, I can see the bear. But mm. it just looks mm. really like... And then there's a bit where... Brienne swipes her wooden sword they've given her at the bear, and the bear grabs it and punches her. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fucking like it's. It reminds me of the um, uh, the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man movie, just sure. some real stupid shit, real stupid stuff. It's just it's it's so bad this scene, honestly. Mm. It, like, and then the shot of Jamie jumping down into the ring to help out mm. is. Really awful too. It just looks bizarre. It yeah, it totally they, does. There's something off about the set, maybe, or like it just whatever whatever usual tr- filmmaking tricks they use to get around this stuff do not work in this case. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. I just, <laughs> I just didn't find the bear that like oh what a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that you're meant to as well. I totally, I think you're meant to be like, what the fuck? How are they oh, going to get out of this one? It's a goddamn bear. They got a bear in a pit? My mm. God. This is definitely how this show is going to take out one of its characters. With a fu- I mean, it could have, I guess, but it just <sighs> it is fucking boring. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. The The idea of a bear in a pit in this fantasy world thing is just really dull. I don't know why, because a bear is scary, but bears are also the least scary looking things because they look like cute dogs. 
Yeah, yes, completely. You really have to get into the realism of what it's like when a bear eats someone for that to be a horrific thing. Because, yeah, you're right. Otherwise, it just kind of looks silly and cartoonish. Totally. Totally. Everything that a bear has ever been in, except for the film Grizzly Man, they look like Winnie the Mm. Pooh. Yep, totally. Yeah, Grizzly Man is what I was thinking of, where it's like, it even starts off and you're like, oh, bears are cute. And then it it takes takes you till about uh, an hour and 40 minutes in to realize like, oh, no, bears kill people. And even then, I think it might not be that bears are scary. I think it might be that Werner Herzog is scary. (laughs) Totally. To- uh, totally, and Timothy Treadwell was was uh, naive. I think that that was the so, moral. Um, there's a couple of little bits and pieces we have missed in in the middle here. Smaller scenes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, again, using someone else's recap can be uh, problematic. Yeah, uh, and it's it's not that big of a deal because they're all sort of things that didn't actually do anything. The sure, they're very things. self-contained, yeah. Yeah. Arya r- w- runs away from the Brotherhood without banners because they're going to, like, uh, rob someone. I don't remember yep. exactly what uh, it was. I believe there's a Lannister patrol or a Lannister sort of l- battalion nearby because they're on the way to hand her over to, like, going to River Run. I feel like they're going over to, 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 get, to hand Arya back for a ransom. And instead yeah, of that, right. they want to go and, and, and raid this uh, Lannister party. To yeah, exactly. Just steal some some shit. That's right, because the priest guy's like, it'll still be there in two days when we're done. And Arya's like, no, I don't want to fight Lannisters. I'm running. Mm. Mm. And then she gets nabbed by the Hound. Yeah, yeah. The hound just straight um, up nabs her. <laughs> he really does nab her. He p- jumps out from behind a tree and just gives her a good old nabbing. Oh, he shouts yoink and <laughs> nabs her out of there. <laughs> he, he nabs on that. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, there's some stuff with um, Bran and all of them. Osha, Hodor. Ah, yeah. Guy yeah, who played Paul right. McCartney in that John Lennon movie and mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. sister. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that really happens is that in that scene is that Osha tells them about how her old uh, partner was got turned into a White Walker. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, had, okay. and really try, tried, to, tried to pop her head off. Yeah, she's so she's like, I don't want to go north of the wall again because of that. And they're like, Well, we got to find the mystery thing, the MacGuffin. We got to go find yeah. James MacGuffin. He's living up there. Yeah, and uh, Melisandre and Gendry are sailing past King's Landing, really, really close. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah, seems a bit silly. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe they don't really have that many enemies there. And she's like to Gendry, hey, you're Robert Baratheon's kid, by the way. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm a prince. And she's like, uh-uh. No, no. No, 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 no. You're a bastard. You are just a bastard. But there's power in royal blood. But uh, mm. not in terms of actual usable power for anything in the world. <laughs> no. Yeah, she kind of is like, why do you think everyone was trying to get you, you dummy? You've got king's blood. Um, but yeah, in that, blood in that butt. <laughs> she, she sort of says, "I guess so, it feels like Gendry should be more concerned than he is because she does say like that blood, blood that blood can be very powerful." Like she, it, yeah, I, I'd be concerned if I was Gendry. Hey, I would be hotter if I was Gendry. <laughs> <laughs> Man can swing uh, a sledgehammer. Or whatever he did as a uh, smith. 
Just a hammer, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But uh, dude's um, got biceps for days. Oh, dude, he's got his biceps have got triceps, and they've got quadceps, <laughs> and they've got quinceps. They've got sexceps, mm. septeps, octeps, non, nineteps. Uh, and uh, anyway. then the one after that. Yeah, he flies a Deck quinjet. And, okay. It's, it's, this is a flat episode. All it up. is a flat episode. Did we cover the whole thing? Well, I guess that uh, they, Brienne, Jamie saves Brienne and they fuck off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get <laughs> out of there at the that. end. Because, of course, they do. Yeah. Because, of course, they do. Yeah. In that dumb uh, they, bear yeah, scene. Jamie, Jamie stares down Locke and, um, is just like, come on, fucking go. You want to go? And Locke's oh, like, yeah. all right, mate, fucking leave it. He has some lame line there, too. I can't remember what it was, but it was dumb. I don't yeah. know why I really like, wasn't also, into this episode. Yeah. I, and I remember not liking this episode the first time it aired as well, especially the bear bit. I remember disliking the bear bit. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for that's for darn sure. I think there's a, it's probably a bit of an element of, like, I don't really like it, where any of the storylines are going or where the characters have been placed. Like, the, I like the Jamie and Brienne um, uh, dynamic, but, like, it, this episode was the worst one for it. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think I, I think that's fair that, like, I, I like the the war with Rob and, and Rob trying to become mm-hmm. the king, and I'm not that interested in him and his wife being boring in the middle of the night. Yeah, totally. There are characters like Catalan who I think provides that uh, storyline with a lot of, you know, dynamism and, and engagement and interest because she's sort of the conflict there and she doesn't really get a lot to do. I just think, yeah, each each plot strand is is not in a good place for me personally. So hopefully this episode is them getting all that stuff where it's not in a good place out, out of the way so we can move. Like, I don't give a shit about Tyrion and Shay. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. I don't really care about, uh, uh, you know, everything that's going on with Daenerys because it's so disconnected from the rest of it that it's it's hard to be invested in this sort of just actual B-plot. Yeah, totally. And And like I said, it feels like maybe the beginning of another stage of her character arc, but what that stage is is really unclear. And how relevant that stage is to the rest of the show. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, completely. And also, like, yeah, spinning the wheels with Theon and going like, well, he's still getting tortured, but this time it's sexy torture. Is <laughs> just silly. I mean, yeah, I will say, like, if he gets his dick cut off, that is a huge move. And, and uh, yeah, like, uh, an extremely impactful thing to happen to his character, which, like... Yeah, is a great is a great sort of storytelling thing, but it it makes me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, a uh, bit of a flat episode, but it's an episode nonetheless. And getting through the flat episodes means we're closer to them good episodes, which I do promise are coming back. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, eight, nine, and ten of this season to go. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for those who are watching the show for the first time, stick with it. Yeah. And that's probably um, all we should say. <laughs> no, I'm going to explain why. So, in episode oh, okay, sure. eight, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's probably all that I have to say about that episode. I think we've kind of been uh, 
down on it enough for this week? Yeah, I think so. That's that's yep, totally. Um, well, first time watchers, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope that you got some gratification out of our grousing and griping about it. Uh, and hopefully you agree, because <laughs> if you loved it, that would have been slightly annoying. But um, yeah, let us know what you thought of that episode. Um, what you think is coming up. Aria talking to me pod at gmail.com for all your emails. We read them, or at least I read them because I have access to the inbox. And um, yeah, I really enjoy uh, seeing other people's theories. Um, but yeah, let's let's uh, leave it there for this week for for first timers, for non spoiler people. If you don't want to know about the rest of the series, but if you do want to know about the rest of the series, then welcome to the sealed section. Ar ar, uh, <laughs> as slick as a baby seal. <laughs> I'll drop that in now for the transition. <laughs> um, so, Jamie flat out says the Lannisters send their regards. Tell Rob that the Lannisters send their regards. Yes, he does. And, um, yeah, that was that was my big sort of spoilery thing. I think, actually, Locke also mentioned something about go buy a golden... Ha- go buy yourself a golden arm and shove it up your ass, which, of course, yeah. Jamie does get a gold hand to replace his stump. Yeah, it- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those two were were fine because it's you know foreshadowingy enough that when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, cool, like the thing they did. But it was all the gold ham one, especially, is almost at the point where it's like, oh yeah, Jamie, well, why don't you go and charge a dragon and then fall off of your horse <laughs> just before it and land in the lake? Totally, absolutely, it is. Which or it's it's less than that because like him just getting a gold hand isn't a plot you know, machination. It's just a thing that happens in the future. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a weird thing to call forward to. But, yeah, I, I, I did not notice. I've, I don't think I've seen these episodes um, since the first time I watched them. So the Lannisters sending their regards thing really, uh, yeah, really stuck out to me. It's cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I liked that little bit that it's already all in motion. Um, mm. Mm. I was also, yeah, same as wondering... Uh, whether or not the um, stuff with Shay and Tywin was already going on. I don't think so just mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, I'm really... I, I sort of forget how that stuff even sort of pops up and resolves itself. So I, um, I've i been trying to watch closely and, and, and get a feeling for it, but I can't... Yeah, I, I, I can't see anything yet. It really came out of nowhere. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, um... What else? Kyburn talking about the uh, experiments on dead people obviously relates to the mountain later on getting brought back to life as a zombie. Yes. Yep. Um, and the the skulls of the dragons we end up seeing later. Like, there's a lot of stuff where it's just oh, that yeah. nice kind yeah. of consistency of the world that I do appreciate about this show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then obviously, yeah, there's the the uh, much more immediate. Um, foreshadowing with the phrase and the wedding and all that shit. Yeah, totally. Of like, hey, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, them setting up like, ah, oh, Shay's pregnant, by the way, so wouldn't it be t- sad if she died? <laughs> like, uh, not Shay, I mean... Um, um, uh, Talisa, yeah. Talisa, yeah, yeah sorry. Hey, uh, apology yeah, accepted. Not- <laughs> not heaps of um, particularly, 
crazy stuff going on with the, they still haven't no. like, I've forgotten how fucking long it takes them for to say that he's um Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, this one was a little little wheel spinny, I've got to say. Like and I, I agree that uh, I think you said last week that you have liked the build up of Ramsey. It is extremely um slow and tense and well paced, but um Fuck, I just don't like this storyline. I don't even like where it yeah. ends up, really. This was just another little... That This was a bit too far with it. This is... Cause yeah, it was yeah. just the same thing again. It's him doing some weird trick to to torture Tyrion. I mean, um, uh, fucking... Alfie Theon. Allen. Yeah. Theon. Yeah. I don't know what's going on yeah. with me and names at the moment. But yeah, it, it's the same as he's done a couple of times already. And maybe the only different thing is that Theon's sort of aware of it now, but he would have been in it. Like, yeah, mm. didn't get anything out of that mm. other than looking at a butt. Yeah. Which honestly felt like um, it was the reason that that was in there. Yeah, fuck. There's been a lot of Theon scenes over the uh, seasons that feel just gratuitous. Yeah. Um, I might pop, pop in a quick uh, question we got here cool. from Benjamin. He he asked us about uh, basically Theon. He says, um, and it's it's something that we don't really talk about, but the title of it is uh, Book Reek versus Show Reek. So he says, um, I want to hear your thoughts on Reek. In the books, each chapter is told from the perspective of a single character. Theon's chapters stop after losing Winterfell and you assume he died. You don't have another Theon chapter for two whole books. So that's like a thousand pages of, uh, right. of time. Then along comes this Reek character, and you eventually realise that it's Theon, which is like a, a huge reveal, apparently, for the books. So you don't really get that in the show. And, um, yeah, Benjamin says it is interesting seeing his descent into Reek, and it's like basically a perspective you don't get from the books. But he doesn't feel it has the same impact, and I kind of think that that, uh, although it is impossible, I think, to present in a TV show, that would have been amazing. Yeah, because you 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 know that he's reeked the second you see him, unless they give him some kind of lame mask or so. I mean, you could mm. give someone mm. called Reek a mask. That's true. That is true. That's true. If, yeah, if you and saw, you, like, you a, basically a, reveal, you like reveal, yeah, his his mutilation and and what's happened to him, and then you reveal who it is. That could be interesting, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that actually sounds way cooler than what they're doing here. But also, I guess. For the show, you're attached to this Theon character, and it is a having this happen to Theon is a really good way to introduce Ramsay. I mean, it was, and it's going for a bit long, but it. Mm, I think mm. building up Ramsay is maybe more important than the surprise of Reek to the show. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. I think you um, maybe you like Ramsay more than me um, because. And I kind of forget how it's he's like just such a big character for like what what would it be to. Two he to three seasons? Season six. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So th- yeah, three three years basically. Yeah. Um but I uh yeah, I don't know. I, I just I I guess I hate him <laughs> as a ca- I, like, you know, in, in the context of who he is as a as a real exactly. person, you know, quote unquote. That's yeah. what I, I, I like about him though, is that he's worse than Joffrey gets to, I think, at, at mm. any point in the show. He, he becomes the most actually hateable character. And the payoff of that, of him getting the shit beaten out of him at the end of the sixth season is worth the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's fair. I did, I really do like, yeah, the comeuppance that he gets. Um, should we do another question? Uh, if there's not anything else we want to. 
Just uh, sure, yeah. Eyes. I've got to run in a few minutes, so let's get this question done and wrap it up. All right. It's, uh, it's a quick one. It's from Devin. He says, uh, recently we talked about Beric Dondarrion coming from back from the dead six times, but uh, no one is really sure why he can. He even admits there's nothing special about him. He doesn't know why the Lord of Light wants, uh, or what the Lord of Light wants with him. Throughout the rest of the show, it seems to imply he's able to come back for potentially a particular reason. Is it possible that the only reason he was able to come back was to show the Red Woman that it is possible? And then she brings Jon Snow back, obviously, and Beric has served his purpose. But then, of course, Beric comes back again. Um, so do you think that he has a grand part to play in the final season? Thanks, guys. Love the show. It's the thing I look forward to the most throughout the week. So that is very nice of you to say, Devin. What do you reckon about this Beric Dondarian guy? Um, yeah, that's interesting. That the, the idea of him coming back to show the Red Woman that she can bring Jon Snow back is interesting because mm, it's mm. always been weird to me, the idea of like, no, nope, you got brought back for a purpose because if you're a powerful enough god to bring someone back to life, surely you could just find someone else to do that same job. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, if it's going to be that Beric Dondarrion, like, fucking Jon Snow falls off a bridge and he grabs him and goes, like, guess I have found my purpose or whatever, <laughs> that'll be lame because anyone could have grabbed him. It didn't have to be Beric. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. So what is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his potential purpose could be now that he has already, yeah, been an example of coming back to life. Well, and what I mean, Jon Snow's uh, purpose will end up being as well. Like, I'm not sure what uh, the idea of this purpose thing for anyone who's been brought back necessarily is. Yeah. And we won't until the end, obviously. Hopefully. Totally. Best case scenario we know at the end. Worst case scenario, <laughs> it just kind of goes, yeah, and then we're done. Yeah, it was all part of uh, destiny. Yeah, well, maybe uh, like... we can talk. Sorry. Oh yeah, go, go, go. Well, I was just going to say maybe we can talk about this more next week because uh, it's always going to be relevant until uh, yeah. the show finishes. Totally, because I, w- I hope by the end of the show we get to find out a bit about these gods who are pretty relevant to everything. And so if they get left mysterious, I think that'll be not that satisfying. Hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Because, I mean, they play so directly into the plot. It's it's not just window dressing. So, yeah, I, I agree. All right. So that, uh, I, uh, yeah, basically the, the end result of that is we don't know, but we're keen to find out. Uh, thanks for the question, Devin. And thanks for the question, Benjamin. That is the end of this week's episode of Aria Talking to Me. Um, I guess we didn't really mention it, but the upcoming episode's really cool. <laughs> so it's going to yeah. be fun. This should be a, a fun little rest of the month here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we mentioned before, Aria talking to me pod at gmail.com. Get your questions in, we'll answer them. Um, yeah, stay, stay tuned to the socials and, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 